0: Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised.
1: Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?
0: Today we're continuing our mini marriage series about midlife crisis. And this is Mandy. I'm in the studio today with my husband, Matt. Hello. Yes. Kim and Charles kick this off. Off for us last weekend, and they're on vacation this week, so we are kind of hopping in here and giving our take on the midlife crisis. I feel like we can speak into this a little bit.
1: We might. We may have a few things that
0: we could share. You know, I feel like I hit forty, and I feel like I need a two-year nap. Like seriously, I'm so exhausted. There's so much coming at us that you we know, have to deal with.
1: Yeah, I'll probably once I pass thirty, uh, I'll probably <laughs> have some idea what you're talking you're about. Lying. Yeah, you're lying. Yeah, maybe a little bit. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, after four, there's something. I, I, until I hit 40, I didn't think much about it. And then after 40, it's everything kind of was weird. It, maybe it was psychological. I don't know.
0: Well, and I think that you start to question, like, what am I doing? Have I achieved the things I want to achieve in life? I only have this many years left. I mean, you, hmm. you really do start thinking about that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then you add on top of that – you know, the demands of your career and parenting and money and financial stuff. I mean, it's a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Even though God makes it clear in his word that we're not supposed to worry, don't worry, yeah. makes it very clear. We take those worries away from him. He's He wants us to give him all of those worries. For some reason, we just want to take them back constantly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know, we always talked about the shift in parenting at Next Talk, but there's a shift, too, in getting away from all that. It's harder to get away from all the stresses of normal life today because of technology. I mean, there's no way to deny it. And I've seen it with you and your job. You know, it is you are constantly on call, basically, and you don't really have a job where you're on call, but you are now because of technology.
1: Yeah, always on. Always on.
0: You can be reached at any time with demands and and that sort of thing. So we always have to take that into account. It's really hard to escape.
1: Right. Yep. And it's, you know, we're we're used, we live in, obviously, the United States, but so many developed countries are like this. But even the um, underdeveloped countries that are quickly getting access to Internet and um, there's... New forms of communication that they're not used to—they'll be accelerated into this always-on type of life as well.
0: Well, I know we joke sometimes and say we just want to go to an island where there's no Wi-Fi and where nobody can contact us. I mean, when you know when you're when it's all spiraling and you're feeling so out of control, like you don't have control of anything, you kind of just want to turn it all off. Um and I think sometimes that's what happens with midlife crisis. And you know when I think of midlife crisis, I think of somebody doing something crazy, you know, like leaving their family and you know having affairs, and everything's changed, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think of midlife crisis a little different.
0: Okay What do you think of it when you?
1: Um, I think of midlife crisis as um, really the second mortgage on the house to buy that uh, Ferrari. you know the ferrari i'm talking about i thought
0: that was a dream that's a midlife crisis well i mean that's
1: how (laughs) i view it i mean it's yeah
0: i think though you know we really need to be thinking about midlife crisis in a lot of different ways because i feel like there are things and signs leading up to that midlife crisis where everything is really out of control and you have made some really bad decisions that we can identify that To help us before we get to the breaking point, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, I'm thinking like things like I know you've said to me before, like, I feel numb to life right now. Like, I'm just numb. Right. Or, you know, I have said to you many times I am in a funk, like I'm trying to figure out who I am and lots of things have changed. And, you know, it's just that whole identity thing. So I think I want to be clear, you know, midlife crisis has different degrees for everyone. And it doesn't mean that you're just being irrational and doing all these crazy things. It could mean you're you're just struggling and you're trying to figure this out. Right. And you want to get a hold of it before it turns into something that is irreversible. Right. Where you've damaged the people around you. you Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I think this midlife crisis, what we've coined as midlife crisis um, really starts in the mind. Yeah. And it starts with ideas and thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then it really it can get very dangerous there because it's just a very fine line between the thoughts and then the actions you take.
0: So I think that, you know, just like in just like addiction, you know, there can be you can have a stronghold, but not a full fledged addiction, you know, where you need to have your guard up and watch. And I think this is. kind of what I think about men's life crisis. You know, you may not be in a complete men's life crisis, but you may be moving towards one and you need to recognize kind of the signs and be like, okay, something's not right here. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling not like myself and I need to figure out how to communicate with my spouse to work through this kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And so that's kind of what we want to talk about today. Um, You know, I, we say this verse a lot, but it applies here. You know, John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And so many times he uses things coming at us to get us going into a tailspin, and then we cannot really figure out what's going on. And then we're in this situation where some coin a midlife crisis where we're making really bad decisions.
1: Right, right.
0: We need to have our guard up. Um, You know, I talked to a doctor one time, and he was a local doctor here in San Antonio, and he presented at one of our events, and he he said something that has stuck with me. And as we have been in the 40s, I have seen this play out in our own marriage. And he said, I see a lot of divorces in with people in their 40s. And I was like, well, tell me, tell me why you're seeing that. Tell me why you're thinking you're seeing that. And he said to me, you've got women who are going through premenopausal hormonal changes in their body, right? And at the same time, typically, you have teenagers going through menstrual cycles and hormonal changes as well. And at the same time, you've got dad over here and husband normally at one of the high, highest stress times of his career, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's moved up the ladder a little bit. He's got more responsibility, but there's st- he still has aspirations to go farther kind of thing. And you have all this perfect storm brewing, and if you don't have your guard up, it can mean a lot of different things for your family. And I think this can help start some of this midlife crisis stuff.
1: Yeah, so that that, that was really well put and professional. Um, I'll just dumb it down a little bit.
0: Okay, tell me what you're um, going to say.
1: So yeah. I, one of my favorite movies, although I'm not endorsing it here. Uh, is the uh, National Lampoon's Vacation with Chevy oh, no. Chase oh, from 1983? No.
0: Because listen, let me just put a disclaimer on here. If don't watch this with your kids, because there are some inappropriate things in really, there that we didn't realize.
1: Release date 1983, National Lampoon's Vacation with Chevy Chase. Um, really a classic, but that to me is midlife crisis unfolding in an hour and a half in front of you on TV. <laughs> so obviously the. Middle middle aged man and wife take their daughter and son f- across country from Chicago to at least California to Wally World, so that they could uh, ride the you know the the, the music yes. park. Got to go to Wally World, and so they they it's part of the adventure, the road trip, and throughout the whole the whole time you you see the this the entire the, the entire uh family unit just slowly deteriorating and dissolving and there's all these different things that happen that are attacking the family, whether it's the Christy Brinkley, the hot blonde in the, the in the, young, in the, the red girl. Ferrari oh, yeah. that pull up and Chevy Chase is flirting with her. You know, while his pull wife him sleeps. While his wife sleeps, or whether it's Aunt Edna that dies in the backseat uh with the kids in the middle of the trip, or I mean there's a variety of it's it's I mean it's funny, but it's really not far off from real life. It just is more of a condensed version and and I from a guy's perspective, there are some very relatable points in that movie,
0: yeah. Well, maybe that's why you like it so much. Cause it you're could like, be. This is hilarious, but it's a little bit of truth there. <laughs>
1: there, there, there is well, a little and bit. Doesn't
0: he end up, like, they finally get there, and doesn't he end up getting a gun and, like, holding security hostage and making, like, literally breaking into the place?
1: Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, um, Wally World was closed. Because he was, literally
0: losing his mind. Like, we are getting to Wally World.
1: Yep, yep. And so then he, uh, with a BB gun, he (laughs) held up security and forced them to go on rides until the owner, Mr. Wally, showed up and pardoned them. And then they all enjoyed Wally World together. But
0: wasn't there this moment at the end, if I remember correctly, because I haven't watched this in a little while, but I think I've seen bits and pieces because you've watched it, um didn't wasn't there a moment where the dad like had a talk with mr wally and he absolutely was, it was almost like a dad to dad like what would you have done it was, and it was kind of like that relatable i know you've been here before where you feel like you are losing your mind but you're doing this for your family no matter what the cost that's
1: right it's it's the true heart to heart um commitment of life yes which way are you gonna go
0: yeah so that's a really good analogy, actually. Uh, I really am glad that you brought that up. I think that paints a good picture. Well,
1: I didn't, I didn't want to overshadow your, uh, the, your conversation with your doctor or whatever. But
0: <laughs> I think that's a very relatable story, and I feel like it's spot on. I mean, I can see where the spiral is happening, and he's, he's well, having look, a midlife I mean, crisis.
1: You know, most guys can, can relate, right? They love their wife. They yeah. love their kids. They love being on the road trip. The reality is they are in a station wagon and they have minivan. Um, you
0: struggled with that when we got our we minivan.
1: We got the minivan. Yeah. They're on the state. They're in the station wagon. They look to the right and they love their kids. They love their family. It's, it's their life. And they look to the left and there's the hot blonde in the red Ferrari pulling right up next to him, um, wanting to race and playful and flirtatious. And there's that moment of, of like excitement and, and then it's the look to your left, the hot blonde and the Ferrari look to your right, your family, you have to make a choice.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where you know, you said earlier in the show where the mind. You have to get the thoughts captive in the mind because you can think the choice. Like there there is a choice. Everything there's a choice. Always. And but then that's when you have to take your thoughts captive and really be centered and know where who you are as a person and and your faith and what God would want you to do in that moment.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Um, you know, I, I, we playfully have kind of set this thing up with the midlife crisis thing, but I want to spend the bulk of our time today because – working through this is not going to be there's not a simple pill that you can take i mean you know yes if there's depression involved with it and sometimes there is go see a doctor medicine can definitely help but what i mean is there's no simple fix as far as you're going to take a pill and the next day everything's going to be fine and perfect i mean even with depression you take the medicine and it's a process to overcome that depression um, and, you know, we're not experts here. We definitely – our first disclaimer is see a doctor if you are struggling. See your your primary doctor. Go see a counselor. Those are all great tools. But I think what we want to do is kind of spend the bulk of the time today talking about um, how we help each other in our marriage. And so just throw out some ideas. Like this has worked with us, and maybe this will help with you because mm-hmm. we have both really – I don't think we've had a full fledged midlife crisis, but we've definitely. No, actually,
1: I'm in the middle of one right we, now.
0: <laughs> I feel like we. You def- notice
1: the Harley that I pulled up in the other uh, day.
0: <laughs> you witch. <laughs> he smiles, um, but we are definitely seeing signs of it. Oh yeah, in our marriage, oh, yeah. and and in with each other individually, like feeling the numbness of life. You know, what it, what is it like? What are we here for? Like, what are we doing? It, it is what we're doing really matters. You know, asking those really profound questions, like I only have a little bit of life left here. We need to get figure this out.
1: Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I I, I love Rick Warren, and he talks. Obviously, many of you know Rick Warren and his focus on purpose-driven life. And you know, what is your purpose, mm-hmm. right? And so, if your purpose is a work, so for me, uh, I get really pulled into work a lot and um but that's not my purpose Mm -hmm. and so i have to remind myself and i think this this really helps me in our marriage whenever you help me like or when you remind me without nagging um that what my purpose is yeah because honestly i'm very um i'm very single focused yeah and um i the first challenge for me is to lose balance yeah so when you help me um in a in a way that I can hear. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not, you know, the dripping faucet or the Chinese water torture kind of way. Yeah. But the way that I actually hear and you just help me remember, okay, get balanced, get centered. That helps me.
0: Well, to that point too, I feel like when when there are times when I see you making a big impact on our kids and to you it's no big deal. Like you've taken them to dinner or you've had a conversation with them, you know, a five minute conversation. You don't think it's a big deal. You think it's just you being dad. But if I see the impacts of something and sometimes I'll tell you, man, this conversation that you had with them really sparked amazing thoughts. And now we're talking about it. That I think that helps you realize too. Okay. I have a bigger purpose than just, you know, providing for my family financially and my distress of my job. Yeah.
1: Those are, that's a great example. Um, and for example, just, being able to um to do that consistently is really valuable. You're closing the loop. Um and that for many things I have no idea that you know I have any kind of input or feedback into.
0: If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at two PM on AM six thirty, the word Next Talk Radio is listener supported. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through your donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. Um, we're in the studio today. I have my husband, Matt. This is Mandy. Kim and Charles are off this week. They did a um, show last week on Midlife Crisis, and we are continuing that. Wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about that and what it looks like in our family. Um, as we talked about, there are varying degrees of midlife crisis. You know, you may not be in a full fledged out of control spiral.
1: You may not, you may not be far from it though,
0: but you may also, you know, I, I love Ken Freeman. He says you're always one decision away from ruining your life.
1: Yeah. And and it's so,
0: that's so true. Even with the midlife crisis thing, because when you're in a fog, you're not thinking clearly. And so your choices are going to be, you know, you may not be thinking like you normally would. And it may be because of a chemical imbalance. And again, go see a doctor. But this this kind of show, since it's Matt and I, we're just kind of talking about things that have helped us help each other through this. Like what we've done and what hasn't worked kind Mm -hmm. of thing. I loved what you said about helping you maintain balance. I see that a lot with you. Um, You really dive into something. And, you know, work normally happens to be it. And you just laser focused and you are committed to it and you are loyal to it. And I do have to remind you that, you know, you're home with us a couple hours a day and you're really pouring into the kids at that time. And it's making a difference. Like what you're doing is making a difference.
1: Yeah. That it's huge for me to, to know that.
0: Another thing that I wanted to talk about is, and this is something that I have learned is be able to create space for your spouse to tell you how they're really feeling And this is hard. You're smiling at me.
1: (laughs) Why is it hard, Mandy?
0: Well, it's hard because sometimes you're going to hear things like, I hate my life.
1: I Have I said that? You've said that. Oh.
0: There are going to be times when you say, I give and give and give, and there's no time for me. And it's really hard to not take it personally. Like, because I'm a fixer. Uh, you know that about me. I love to fix things and I have to be really careful with the kids to let them fail. And, but I also have to let you have your own journey. I can't just rush in and fix everything for mm-hmm. you. Um, but I would say to the spouse that is saying it, because I've heard it a lot, I would say to the spouse saying it, be soft in how you say it. Yeah. I love what you say to me. You'll say, honey, I love you and I don't need you to do anything differently, but I'm struggling right now. Like I hate my life. And I hate it because I have a long commute. You know, I'm super stressed at work. I never get downtime, you know. But when you preface it like that, I don't get as defensive. It helps me hear you better. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And I don't, maybe I was being a little dramatic about the I hate my life stuff. But, you know. Well,
0: that's been a while since you've said it.
1: Yeah. There, there are moments where, um, as a, from a guy's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know that I was made to, um, basically be sit behind a desk and, you know, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I see me losing hair and gaining weight. And these are not like encouraging things. Right. And so, um, and I, I, I'm really kind of trapped. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, I'm cognizant enough to recognize that, um, you know, I'm not gonna be a major league baseball player. I'm not gonna be um you know, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna play basketball. I mean it those things are gone. They're done. Those so the dreams that people that many men little particularly kids, little boys have those they dreams. Have, yeah. They start with those dreams and then as you get older you start recognize even the the like the normal everyday things mm-hmm. <laughs> that you really hoped to aspire to achieve, yeah. not necessarily being an NBA pro, but um, just like the things that are really within reasonable reach are gone. Yeah. That you're not going to be able to do them. And so that's just not real encouraging. It's not real uplifting. And so there's a way I, for me, I, I just have to process that.
0: Yeah. And, ladies, one of the things that I think I've learned through this process more than anything is I've always looked at Matt, and he's always been the protector, the knight in shining armor, the rescuer. I can't fit in that
1: armor anymore, by (laughs) the way.
0: He's always been the rock in our family. you know, And I have really had to be careful with my words because sometimes I don't soften my words with him because I think he can just take it. He's the strong one. He's the rock. And I've had to really realize you know he has feelings and he has he's and there's layers to him and I have to realize I need to speak to him like I would want to be spoken to
1: well when you and I talk I I drop all of my defenses yeah all of my walls come down whereas Which with is what a
0: marriage should it be, it should
1: be with everyone else employer who you know right. some most friends you know you you, you just you that you kind of put up some defense some, you know, some defense mechanisms and some shielding. Um, But with you, it's all, I I drop it all. So I'm extremely vulnerable.
0: Right. And I think women need to take hold of that because I don't think I realize that. And I don't think I realize the power my words have on you in that vulnerable space. And I think it's a very important thing that wives need to know. Um, You know, the other thing that we've learned to do is communicate what we need in a nice way, you know, and I have... You want to say something? No, no I have go, been, ahead, go ahead. I have been talking to you about this recently. You know, it is new to me. And maybe I'm just changing as a person. Um, I believe it's because we've been so busy and haven't spent as much time together lately. You know, we've both been traveling in different directions. and And so I kind of miss you. But my thing is I'm feeling really needy about wanting to date more and flirting more. Date with
1: me, date me more. Yes. Okay. Right.
0: <laughs> and flirting more and just being spontaneous. You know, I'm I'm feeling like I want that in my life and I'm
1: it, tired. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I'm tired.
0: This is a new feeling for me because normally I'm not like that, right? I'm very planned and organized right. and controlled and let's plan it out if we're going to have a date night and I'm changing. And I have, it's been weird to communicate that to Matt because he's like, what's like, it's not my personality. Well, yeah. And,
1: and I'm tired. So it's, tired. so I'm not used to it yes. and, and I'm really tired. So, um, if I really don't understand what you're trying to tell me and if I'm not receptive and yeah. you've got some changes going on and I'm kind of being, um, lazy about listening, yeah. then that's where we could get in trouble.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think also... Um, The timing is important. I cover that in my marriage chapter in my book. But the timing is important. Like you've got to be receptive and be ready to hear what I'm saying. And I loved what you said when I was trying to communicate it to you. You said, I don't think you really know. And I said, no, I'm still figuring it out. All I know is I need you to know I'm changing a little. Like these are my needs. Like I want this and I never wanted it as much as I want it now. And I don't know where it's coming from. But just being able to communicate that so your spouse is aware. Like, this is going to help me. She's changing a little, and this is what she wants in our marriage, and we need to talk through that. Right. Or, or him as well. Um, you know, self-care is so important, too. Supporting each other. I know you're kind of like, well, we don't have time for that.
1: Well, I mean, you kind
0: of looked at me like that. You gave me that look.
1: Well, I, no, I, we do it is important. It's just this, I'm really guilty of not, yeah, taking care of myself.
0: Well, and I would say, you know, wives, I have told Matt many times, hey, if you want to take a hike by yourself and be gone for four days in Colorado or you want to go fishing for four days, like I support that. Yeah, like, that's I ideal 100% support that.
1: Unfortunately, when you say that, I think that's great. I appreciate that. But it's gonna cost me x thousand dollars to do that. And I have to take time off away from work. And by when I come back. It's going to be twice as bad at work to try to get caught up. I mean, there are other elements to that, so that's once again, it's got arrows coming from every direction.
0: And that's where you got to figure out the balance. You got to figure out what you need, and maybe it's just a day. You know, maybe the compromise is mm-hmm. you take this day and you drive somewhere local, and you don't fly out of town. And it's just you know, work it out. With I, might, each other. I
1: might just take the day off and watch National Lampoon's Vacation like you, seven done or eight, that eight times. Before
0: there have been times where you're like, I just need a minute to set here mm-hmm. and you got to give your spouse a minute. Yeah. Um, The other thing is, you know, try different schedule changes. I think that's a really important thing. One that has worked well for us. Mm -hmm. You know, like we try different things with working out, like a different schedule or diet change is always good. And getting together on that, being a team, trying to figure out like what helps you have more energy through the day.
1: I think the key to all this in my mind is receptivity. We have to be receptive to what's going on in each other's life. Not just dull. Not not just really in a fog. We we have to fight to be receptive.
0: We can't be living on autopilots. Right. Be receptive to each other. Continue to talk. And again, these are just a few things that have helped us in our marriage, but we hope it gets you talking in your marriage.